Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, April 20th. In any magnetic interchange, what you give out to others will affect what you receive from them. To ensure the greatest protection from all harmful influences, try to act as a channel of divine blessings to all. In any magnetic interchange, what you give out will affect what you receive. That's exceedingly important. One of the, well, in the tradition of Sanatana Dharma, which is what I'm always talking about here, the the eternal truths, which have been preserved through the Indian culture through all time, but are universal. It's just been the responsibility of Indian culture to maintain it. America and the West have specialized in and working with the material world, and India has specialized in working with the inner worlds. And now the two worlds are coming together because this is a higher age in which spiritual and material uh, are unified. They don't have to be separated anymore. We Spirituality is life. There's no difference. But um, in, in the Sanatana Dharma tradition, we talk about um, three, primary, three major delusions that, are, that every, every jiva has to, has to understand and overcome and learn about in the right way. One of them, we tend to say sex, wine, and money is how it's put. But sex means over-preoccupation and commitment to the physical world and the pleasures we think through the physical world. Sex is the primary outward-pulling energy that adult persons experience. And so it represents all of them. It's not just sexuality itself, but it's the whole idea that I'm a physical body and my physical body is my primary reality, reality and its, its reality is what I will focus on. Um, the second is wine, which represents in, intoxicants which represents the idea that if I suffer, what I need to do is I need to dull my awareness. In actual fact, the way suffering is overcome is that we expand our awareness to infinity, and then any little ripple on the any little ripple on the great ocean of awareness is insignificant. Where if we're just a little tiny little bowl of water, any ripple can just spill the whole thing out. So what we need to do is to expand our, our consciousness that transcending limitation is where happiness lies. But intoxicants tell us consciousness is too much of a burden and I'm going to dull it. And it means that, you know, it obviously wine and alcohol and drugs, consciousness dulling drugs of all kinds, um, overeating, oversleeping, just dullness, television is really a huge, gigantic issue, just dulling the mind. I'm not happy in myself, I'll just dull my awareness, and then I won't feel so bad. Not because I feel good, but just because I'm just dull and I don't feel anything. And so that's a temptation, that the subconscious self wants to dull our awareness, and the superconscious self wants to heighten our awareness. 
So we have to deal with the imperatives of the physical world. We have to deal with the temptation to think that lowering our consciousness will really make us happy. And then the third one is money. But what money really represents is power. Because that's why people want money. And that power, rich people, people with with a great deal of wealth, often think that by right they should have a lot of power and a lot of influence. And sometimes people who have a great deal of wealth become quite imperious. They just expect the world to obey them. They order everyone around because, after all, I have money. And therefore it gives me power. Money also gives you the power to influence your circumstances. I, I don't like the situation. I'm just going to go somewhere else, buy a new home, move to a new country, you know, get a new profession, change my job, um, change my spouse, you know, whatever it might be. That's really what money represents to us, is we think that we have power over the world around us, control and power. So power, and this is the one I was really trying to get to in all of this, is a very interesting phenomenon of human consciousness that we all have to come to a divine understanding of. Because power is experienced in two ways. We have it and we use it, or we don't have it and we suffer because we don't have it. And they're really just two ways of figuring out, I mean, both two, two sides of the same coin. We have to come to a divine relationship with power. And meaning, where does it come from? How do I generate it? Is money really the source of it? Is there another source of power? Um, And and what is the right use of it? And what is the proper response when I feel that I don't have power? Do I fall into a state of being a victim? Do I just develop an attitude of revenge for when I'm going to get power myself and then I'm going to take advantage of you? The wrong use of it, the lack of it, the misunderstanding of uh, whether we're ever really a victim or not. I mean, it's just, it's very interesting. It's extremely interesting. And it's one of those, because it's classically presented, we might, we sometimes miss it because it's talked about money. And we think that having or not having money is the issue. But it's the freedom and the power or the lack of it that is really where the, um, the delusion really creeps into us. Now, what Swami is talking about here, in any magnetic interchange, which is really every interchange, because we are, we are an energy pattern living in a field of energy, so all experiences of life are actually magnetic interchanges. But let us you know, isolate it down to the, uh, an interchange of two personalities, two individuals who are together and are going to have some kind of an interaction. The, the, what you receive back is dependent on what you put forth. The quality and the quantity of what you receive back depends on what you put forth. Now, the problem for a lot of us is that we're not always aware of what we're putting forth. You know, sometimes we, we, we're, not, we're not self-aware enough to actually really have a clear concept of what our own magnetism is like. like or we're not conscious enough of other people's realities to be able to really understand what our, how our magnetism is being received and what magnetism is appropriate or not. But all of this is part of this profound learning 
about where does power come from, what kind of power is helpful, how to work with the power that I have. If I seem to constantly be getting the short end of things, is that really because other people are terrible or is it because of the kind of magnetism that I'm putting out? You know, these are, these are very interesting and complicated questions that we have to um, gradually grow to understand. So our, our magnetism is created um, by our self-concept. Our magnetism is created by the thoughts that we're thinking in the moment, by the physical posture that we put forward, um, by, to an extent by our appearance, but our appearance is also created by everything ab- about the way we are. Swami Kriyananda never encouraged in us any kind of vanity, personal vanity about our appearance, for example. But he also wanted us to present ourselves with dignity and with a sense of self-worth. And also he said, really the way you look is really more about how you feel about others because after all, they have to look at you, he said. And when you present a pleasing appearance, he said, it's a, it's a generous thing to do for, for other people. Swamiji was in the habit often of complimenting someone, a total stranger even, if their dress, was, or dress or suit or shirt was particularly attractive, especially if the color was very nice. And I, whenever I see people wearing beautiful colors, I always thank them because to walk around in a beautiful co- color is a service to me. And so what kind of magnetism are we putting out? Do I look like a person who respects himself or herself? Do I look like a person who knows what they're about, who paid attention when I put myself together this morning and has some sense of, not pride, but appropriate realization that I have a place in this world and I want to stand up strong and be myself. I'm confident in who I am. I'm proud of who I am. You know, it's, we don't have to be vain about it. We don't have to be fancy. We don't have to be expensive in how we dress. But we need to have a certain magnetism about it. What is the sound of our voice? Do, the, do we use a voice that's magnetic and elicits an interesting response? Or is our, our voice like this? Hey, can you help me? You know, like, hey, get over here. I need something. Like, how magnetic is that? How eager is someone to respond to a sound like that? You know, or if somebody says something you didn't quite understand, what? Speak up! Or do you say, I didn't quite hear that. Could you say that again? I'm sorry, I didn't catch what you said. I mean, a lot of things are just ordinary politeness. But ordinary politeness and courtesy and carefulness with other people's reality, what does that create? It creates a field of energy around you that makes other people want to cooperate with you. But above all, our magnetism emanates emanates from the center of who we are. You know, are we always just dissipating our energy in, in silly conversation or just compulsively speaking or are we listening to the radio and watching television and checking our emails all at the same time and just energy is going everywhere? Or have we gathered our forces, you know, and, and have a spine, have a center within ourselves? Do we rest in the heart with a, a, a kindly attitude toward the world? When we, when we look when we look at other people, when we meet other people, are we genuinely interested? Do we, do we approach them with an attitude of kindness? 
You know, what can I do for you? How can I help you? Or, oh, I'm so glad to meet you. What do you have to offer me today? Meaning, what can you bring that's positive into my world today? I'm so glad to see you. Swamiji used to always greet us. And when I, this was when I worked for him, when I, I was his secretary. And part of my responsibilities was that at four o'clock in the afternoon, there was, we had no, there was no internet, there were no, no computers. We didn't even have telephones at that point. The mail wasn't delivered to the house in the woods where he lived. There was just one phone in one public area a mile away. So at the end of the afternoon, several of us would come over with phone messages and, and physical mail and news of the day and so on. And he, was, he would live in wonderful solitude and work on his writing during that time. But every time when I would walk, we would walk in the door, unless he was actually in the middle of a thought, typing, and then we'd be very quiet until he finished. But as soon as he finished, I, I would, he would always say, Hello, great souls! And it was just, it became a, a very sweet way that many people at Ananda still used to greet each other. Hello, great soul! And he wasn't saying, he wasn't flattering us. He wasn't saying, Thou who art to be about to be God realized, you know, who has honored me with my, your company. He was just saying, of course we were great souls, because everyone is a great soul. And, and it was just such a, a cheerful affirmation. It was so magnetic. And that immediately you just wanted to give back in enthusiasm and in appreciation. And then often he would say, even though we showed up every day, to what do I owe this great honor, he would say. The great honor of our company. Well, sir, it's four o'clock and this is the time we come over. But it would always be, oh, what a wonderful surprise. I mean, so much appreciation of people he saw every day, who he could predict were always going to be there. That's magnetism. That's real magnetism. And, and in return, we were so inspired to give to him because he was giving so much to us. If you find that what you're receiving from people is not what you wish to receive, try to be deeply aware and honest about what you are putting out. And then try with sincerity and with deep prayer How can I change my magnetism to be more what I would like to receive? And then concentrate on giving it. And several things will happen. One, you will enjoy yourself so much, you'll be less concerned about what people give back to you. But also you will be creating a universe in which this kind of magnetism is common. And that's what we want. Swami says, In any magnetic interchange, what you give out to others will affect what you receive from them. To ensure the greatest protection from all harmful influences, try to act as a channel of divine blessings to all. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.